The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our gospel lesson for this Sunday after Epiphany, Epiphany is found in, in Matthew chapter 5, and, and the sermon this morning will be based on verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I don't know when it happened, but... Somewhere along the line, salt got a bad rap. And I really mean it. Salt's got a really bad reputation these days. There are doctors who say you need to eat a low-sodium diet. They'll tell you you've got to stop eating all those processed foods because they're filled with salt. And literally, the doctors will tell you, that the salt is eating away at your arteries. That's what they'll tell you. Salt's got a bad reputation. Every time it snows here in New York City, I wonder if all the car owners out there are like me, where you see the plows out there spreading salt all over the place, even though it's only supposed to snow like a half an inch. You've seen this? And I think of the salt in this way. I imagine in my head that the salt are these little men. And these little men are hungry and greedy. And they stick to the bottom of your car and they begin to nibble and to eat and to gnaw. And if you don't get a car wash after they spray all of this salt all over the road, eventually what's going to happen? Your tailpipe is going to go clunk right in the middle of the road. And salt, salt's got a bad rap. It's got a bad 
reputation because it ruins our tailpipes, right? And it corrodes our arteries. And then you hear Jesus say, you are the salt of the earth. They're wrong, you know. All these people that think that salt is bad, they're wrong. Just ask the chemist, because the chemist will tell you that salt is an incredible mineral. It's called sodium chloride, if you look it up on one of those tables of periodic elements. You remember that back from high school? It's called NaCl. And, and, and the chemist will tell you that salt is incredibly resistant. In other words, you can put it in water, it'll still be salt. The water will just become salt water. You can burn sodium chloride and it, it'll still be salt. This, this is a mineral that does not change. It is incredibly stubborn, incredibly resistant. That's what the chemists will tell you. The doctors will tell you this. Salt is absolutely essential to your well-being, to your body. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but if you look it up, you can Google this later. Essential minerals, you will find sodium chloride, magnesium, calcium, and potassium, all in the same list. In other words, you take supplements to get these essential minerals. You know why we love salt? Because in some ways, we're just like God's creation, like the animals. We need salt to live. If you don't have enough salt in your diet, you can have seizures. You'll feel dizzy, confused. And if you live this way for a long time with not enough salt in your diet, you will suffer heart failure. Did you know that? Salt is absolutely essential. They're wrong. Here's the other thing about salt. Now, you've got to talk to a chef about this. Chefs will tell you that the most important ingredient in any dish, do you know this? It's salt. Add a little bit of salt to, to a brownie that has just come out of the oven and it is, you know, soft and, and beautiful and warm. You know what I'm talking about. Add a pinch of salt and it'll taste that much better. Salt not only adds a salty flavor to any food that you cook, it also enhances the flavor of the other foods. Did you know this? That if you put salt on meat, and there's this process of uh, osmosis and diffusion, and you can really get into this. Maybe I watched a Netflix show about this, that all of a sudden the meat will just be like scrum, delicious, like, wow, it will explode on your taste buds, salt. James Beard said this. He, apparently, he's, he's the, uh, the leader of American cookery, if you're really into this stuff. And he says, where would we be without salt? Salt 
is an absolutely amazing mineral, something that we essentially need for our lives. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You know what that means? You are the salt of the earth? It means that Jesus has called you out of the world. He has called you out of darkness, and he has made you absolutely separate from everybody else. He's made you absolutely distinct from everybody else. But also, he has not only separated you from the world, he's put you back in it. He's put you in relationship with the world. You see, he, he, he makes us distinct and together all at the same time because he says, you are the salt of the earth. So we can put this another way. You are to the world what salt is to the body. And think about that. You are to the world what salt is to the body. An essential mineral. We could put this another way. You are to the world what salt is to food. You, you are to the world what <laughs> salt is to breakfast with ham and eggs. Because if, if you don't exist, food is absolutely cardboard and insipid, right? You are the salt of the earth, Jesus says. Now, we, essentially, we can make this, this conclusion then. And this is a stunning, very important conclusion for our Christian lives. You cannot be worldly. I, wanna, I want that to sink in for you. You cannot be worldly. This means that when everybody else thinks that it's just okay because you're angry about something online that you can just let them have it. That you can call everybody else a fool. We're going to talk about that next week, aren't we? Because you're the salt of the earth. This means that when you see J-Lo dancing around half naked on a stage during the Super Bowl halftime show with these cameras angled just so you know what I'm talking about, that you're not okay with that. Because Jesus says, just one look. You're the salt of the earth. This means that when the rest of the world really wants everyone to see their righteousness, like so you post it online to show just how moral you are about what's going on in the world, and you write these gigantic checks so that everybody can see your righteousness, that you do good things in such a way that your right hand doesn't see what your left hand is doing. 
Because you're the salt of the earth. You cannot be worldly because if you become worldly, then you've lost your saltiness. And two things happen. As soon as Christians lose their saltiness in the world, as soon as Christians become worldly, two things are going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen is you have lost your value. That's what Jesus says. He says you've become utterly useless. In fact, so useless that you should be spread with all that other useless salt on 495 so that, so that you can stop the next snowstorm for just a couple of minutes and then have all the rain just wash you away. That's what Jesus says. The other thing that happens, the second result of you losing your saltiness is what happens to the earth? What happens to the world? It becomes utterly worldly, utterly corrupt. You are the salt of the earth. Are you the salt of the earth? <laughs> Maybe that question is rising up in your heart. I, I know it rises up in mine because you, you think about all the worldly stuff that you do. Like, am I the... Am I the salt of the earth? I can see a lot of ways how I'm just sort of become a little bit worldly. Maybe you even feel that condemnation in your heart. You think, well, holy cow. I've lost my flavor. Then you need to hear Jesus say it again. You are the salt of the earth. Let me explain something about when Jesus makes a declarative statement, okay? When Jesus says, let there be light, there's light. <laughs> when Jesus walks into a room after Easter, after dying and rising for our sin, and he says, peace be with you, there's peace. <laughs> when Jesus comes to you through his call servant and, and he says, your sins are forgiven, there, ought, there is forgiveness. And when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are. You are. Not because you behave the right way. I mean, he's, he says this to the poor in spirit. He says this to the mourning. He says it to all those people who, who are the salt of the earth, we might say, and he declares it, and it comes true, and then he went and made it true, didn't he? He went and made a bloody sacrifice for sin. And when he rose from the dead, he made a declaration. And he gave to you a brand new identity. We're talking about identity today, not behavior. Identity. You are the salt of the earth. So, now we're going to be living after Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We're living after this declaration that you are the salt of the earth. And I want to think about all that this means for you. It means that in some ways you're utterly common. And you are utterly ordinary. Your moms and dads and students and workers and employees and employers, you are 
utterly ordinary and common, just like salt, but you're also exceptional and extraordinary. You're ordinary and extraordinary all at the same time. You are the salt of the earth. I sometimes visit our members in the hospital. I, I can remember visiting someone, one of our members who was dying of cancer. And, and it wasn't just with her. This happens all the time when I visit our members in the hospital and I pray over them and with them. I walk into the room and she knows all the names of the nurses. And she's got this smile on her face. And the first thing that she says to me, Pastor, you got to go talk to so-and-so who's one bed over. Go and pray with them. She's dying. An ordinary sick person. But an extraordinary sick person at the same time. You might say about a person like that, Salt of the earth. Isn't that high praise? Salt of the earth. I want to tell some story about my dad. I'm glad he's not here because I wouldn't want to give him a big, big head or anything like that. But my dad's an amazing guy. And he took care of my, my grandma for many years. And she had Alzheimer's. He actually quit his job just to take care of his mom. At the end of her life, she didn't even know his name. And I'd kind of pop in and out of grandma's life and my dad's life as only like someone living a thousand miles away could. Then grandma died. My dad was there with her. What was extraordinary was the way that the funeral happened it's like any other funeral, and the pastor said all of the things that a pastor's supposed to say, and then we went to the committal, and the pastor said all the things that pastors do at the committal. But what usually happens at the end of a committal is everybody takes the roses and puts them on the casket. Maybe you know this. And then everybody walks away. Not my dad. My dad started to sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. A very ordinary son, right? Ordinary mourner. But also extraordinary. Because he believed in Jesus that he would raise his mom up one day. Salt of the earth. You know, I, I, think about, I think about how I want to be remembered at, at a funeral, and could it be that, that people would say about me and maybe about you too, he was a salt of the earth. He was faithful to his wife. There's nothing special about him, right? But he was faithful to his wife, and he loved his kids, at least the best he knew how, and he did his best at being a pastor. He wasn't perfect. He 
tried hard. Nothing really remarkable about him except the fact that he had a great faith in Jesus and he knew that he was, a, he was a sinner in front of holy God, but that that God loved him in Jesus Christ, the salt of the earth. Wouldn't that be high praise to have someone say that about us when we're gone? And then to hear Jesus say it before we've done anything good or bad, Right? You are the salt of the earth. Chemists will say that salt is incredibly resistant. And chefs will say that where would we be without salt? And doctors will say you need salt. It's absolutely essential to your health. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. Amen.